That's the sound of Kieran cracking open a tin of ginger beer, which can only mean one thing. It's time for another episode of Have You Seen? Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, the combination of sugar and ginger tastes very good indeed today. We're here to talk about, um, as Tom very succinctly put it before we put on air, vanishing ladies and localised heroes. We are not at our most creative today. <laughs> I'm hoping the sugar kicks in for both of us as we go along. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I am, as always, Kieran Lefort, and uh, the man supping a large can of Mountain Dew at the other end of the table is Tom Webb. Hello. Um <laughs> we've both had very long weeks yeah um fortnights in fact since we last yeah, spoke yeah. to you yeah yeah we mentioned that we were going to uh, move the podcast to being fortnightly due to ex- extraneous activities and yeah. workload and what have you and not it's really st- having enough time to do it weekly and as it's transpires we don't really have enough time <laughs> to do it fortnightly either. yeah yeah so we're feeling the toll a bit of our our daily lives uh, but we shall crack on nonetheless yes i'm gonna keep drinking this stuff until i'm bouncing off the walls yeah good um should we uh, should we go in chronological order should we start with the lady vanishes yeah sure okay being as it is from 1938 yeah uh, would you like to do a little recap yeah sure uh the lady vanishes um is about a young woman who becomes distressed when a newfound traveling companion uh disappears from a moving train so that's the very basic of plots yeah um it was uh described as uh, francois described by francois Truffaut as one of hitchcock's greatest works um like I said last week, I kind of di- agree and disagree with that in that it kind of shows you all of the things that Hitchcock is good at, good at in kind of one mm. film, um, but in three very kind of distinct acts, I think. Um, and, but I think he takes each of those elements. So, for example, the comedy, the the suspense, and then the thriller, and he kind of he, he explores them and does them better over a full feature film later on with things like uh, North by Northwest and uh, even the, the following film t- from this, which was 39 Steps. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it was just, I think it was overall it's just a, a, a surprisingly fun mm. Hitchcock movie. Yeah, as you mentioned last week, it is a really odd structure because mm. it is almost delineated as half an hour of comedy, half an hour of mystery, half an hour of thriller. Yeah. And somehow it all ties together and works. It does, doesn't it? I, um, I was amazed when I watched it for the first time. First of all, just how funny the first half hour is. And even though, and he, and 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 it kind of just uh, kind of gets called back even throughout the suspense and the the thriller bits. It at does, the end. yeah. Um, but you know, the bit in the middle of the thriller bit, the, the mystery bit where the woman's vanished and they're trying to figure out what has happened, mm. is is you can see the seeds of psychological horror films in yeah. there. It's quite creepy in places. The whole bit with the magician's car, even which even has the the magician's props in the in the storage yes, car, yeah. Even and that has kind of um, elements of slapstick in it. Yes, to a degree, does. but it's still quite creepy. Mm. Um, yeah, but anyway, carry on. Tell um, me what you thought. I the the comedy third at the beginning yeah. was my least favourite. Right, of okay. All. The first half an hour, I wasn't yeah. that bothered. I thought it started a bit slow and a bit kind of messy. Yeah. Um, sorry, the ginger beer's about to. Uh, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> oh dear. It, uh, that's the problem. This is why I have it before we go on air. <laughs> usually, um, he says on air. Um, yeah, it just. In fact, I didn't write any notes for the first half right. an hour because okay. I wasn't really paying that much attention. But right. then once it became the mystery and the thriller, I would, the last hour I was completely hooked yeah, and yeah. really enjoyed it. Oh, by that's the really good. Um, one of the creepiest things yeah. is the Baroness in the train car. Yeah. Um, where she just says, there is no English lady here. Yeah, yeah, she, and she's really like, 
stern yeah. and just staring. There's um in she reminded me of a character in uh the first of Hitchcock's American films, which was made two years after this, which is Rebecca which is written by uh, Daphne, uh, Daphne de Maurier. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a character in that called Mrs. Danvers, who's the housekeeper. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I think the woman who played her was called Judith Anderson. If, I might have that slightly wrong. Uh, but she won an Oscar for that for that performance. Mm-hmm. And the, the, that lady reminded me of her in that she's very just straight and mm-hmm. really creepy. Yeah. Yeah, they're all everybody's a bit weird in different ways. Like the, the Italian magician... Yeah. He just stares with this big grin on his face through most of the time, um, yeah. unless he's fighting our mustachioed hero. Yeah. Um, incidentally, in that fight, uh, I love the cutaway of the rabbits watching it from uh, from his hand. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there are loads of little gags like that still peppered through, Yeah, as you said, through the mystery and suspense sections. And one of my favourites is right near the end, Yeah, where uh, the Oxford and Cambridge joke. Yeah. Um, where... Who is it who's talking about? Is it the... Um, Cold Cotton the, Charters. The fake French... It? Uh, it's the fake French police officer. Right. Who says, I went to Oxford. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, spent, I spent three years at Oxford. Uh, and the uh, the hero guy... I can't remember. Is his name Gilbert? Uh, yeah, it is Gilbert. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's Michael Redgrave. Kind yeah. of like sneaks up, smashes him with a chair and knocks him out. And everybody's <laughs> like, what did you do that for? And he went, well, I went to Cambridge. <laughs> and that, that made me laugh out loud. <laughs> um, what have I got? Oh, the other the, a line that made me laugh. I just wrote down was just after all, people don't usually go about tying up nuns. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there are some cracking lines in this. Mm. Um, it was yeah. I, it kind of it kept me guessing. It it sounds yeah. really odd that the yeah. film this old because I haven't seen it. Obviously, mm. is new to me. Yeah, but it kind of it still kept me guessing. I didn't know which way it was going to go. No, absolutely. I think it, it, by the po- by the point you get to. Where the mystery of the the vanishing lady is effectively solved half hour before the end of the film. Yeah, you're kind of like, where's it going to go from now? Because yeah. you know that's the title of the movie. You think that's the climax of the film, but then this whole kind of espionage thing yeah. transpires after that. Well, there, I found myself. Um, there's the the brain surgeon come psychologist guy. Yeah, who uh, turns out to be a bit devious. Yeah, when he's espousing the theory that. Um, our heroine Iris made it all up, and yeah. uh, you know it's kind of a, a psychotic episode, a Freud Club, if yeah, you yeah. will, yeah. Uh, <laughs> which I actually wrote down. I found myself thinking back, trying to think back for reasons that couldn't be true. Effectively, right. yeah, yeah, arguing yeah, yeah. against him while I was watching the movie, yeah, yeah. But yeah. his he makes a very plausible case. Yeah, absolutely. I was kind of thinking and I wouldn't back. have been surprised if it had turned out that she never existed. Freud was a figment of Iris's imagination. Yeah. And I, 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 at that point, I was thinking, oh, did she ever? Did we ever see her interact with anyone other than her? You know, when they get into the train carriage, You're thinking did Bruce she, Willis style. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. You know, or, or like you said, you know, like Fight Club. Did you know? Do, do they actually interact or mm. you know and I, and I was trying to think back and I couldn't recall whether she did or she didn't and I think she does because obviously it transpires you see now I can't right. remember yeah <laughs> I know so that was what I was like oh that's kind of intriguing um, but the uh, yeah the, I, what I also like about the, the kind of the espionage bit of it is that there's obviously some kind of secret information involved, mm. but they never really talk about that. And you never really, you kind of know it's got something to do with that song, but they never yeah. really kind of go into details what it is. It's the perfect, it's the perfect way to conduct a spy thriller when where you don't really need to know what the object. Why of, we're spying? Exactly. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's it's a classic Hitchcock MacGuffin as you yeah. would call it. You know, the plot device that well, everyone's kind of chasing. With this around. one being a completely invisible MacGuffin. Well, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, there are some amusingly hammy deaths in the final gun battle. <laughs> yeah. I enjoyed that greatly. Yeah. Um, uh, and speaking of the final gun battle, how on earth did the bad guys manage to hit both drivers on the footplate <laughs> of a moving train? <laughs> Well, with very like one, good with one shot each <laughs> yeah. that was uh that was uh, some pretty impressive marksmanship yeah. one of the things i did quite like about it was that you could it was the it felt very modern in the way it was made hmm. in to, in some respects but but the the acting was still very kind oh, of very much rooted in the 30s yeah, yeah very melodrama and kind of like really it almost starts like a silent movie yeah fact. yeah uh, well i mean this isn't long after well yeah 38 so yeah so 10 years after sound first y- appeared yeah and probably less than sound appeared in the uk because i imagine it took longer to come over here yeah um but it, i love the fact that it kind of feels modern but then you've got this really amped up acting mm. uh which is very kind of stage 30s acting mm. uh, but it's but it just works yeah do you know what i mean it doesn't feel it doesn't detract from it even though you've got you know some of the techniques that uh, hitchcock was using were kind of fun and interesting and fairly modern i think yeah this is before he really started messing about with camera technique as well i think yeah yeah there's um, a couple well, of I moments mostly because the cameras would have been bloody huge well, in 1938 yeah. yeah yeah there were a couple of moments i can't I, and i can't recall the exact ones where i was like oh there's a lot of reprojection yeah i was and there was other things i was like oh that that's quite um mm. th- there's a distinct camera move there which i wasn't expecting mm. you know i was expecting it to be a bit more static given mm. its its period as it mm. were yeah and the confined space of a train car or yeah two. yeah yeah well, that, I think that was one like 90-foot-long set, I think I seem to remember reading somewhere. Uh-huh. They, they just kind of built like this lot, Massive, really long, long carriage. Set. Yeah. Hmm. Um, sorry, that's another cameo from Peter <laughs> just as I was about to speak. Uh, overall, uh, I really enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. that's really good. Good choice. Excellent. Good. Um, the the other thing I've got in my notes that I noticed was the, the cricket fan with the tash. Yeah, yeah. Occasionally in some shots looks like Paul Giamatti. Right. <laughs> I really did like those two. I thought they were they had some of the best little kind of comedy asides. Yeah, I like the kind of indignation that uh, where they're, they're trying to work out the, how the cricket's going by putting sugar cubes mm. out on the table. And mm. when when someone asks for the sugar, they're so indignant about putting it back because yeah. they've ru- had their cricket match ruined. And yeah. it was just stuff like that. that I thought was really. Or oh, the other funny one of those is when uh, when they're in the hotel towards the beginning. Yeah, a call comes in from London for somebody right. British, yeah. and they get hold of the phone. <laughs> Well, and a, 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 a massively annoyed that the person on the other end of the phone doesn't know the cricket's gone. Yeah. Hang up on him before the guy, the yeah. guy it's for, actually arrives at the desk. Yeah, and it, and it, the, the kind of conversation afterwards is almost to the effect of, "Well, he can't be British because <laughs> yeah, he doesn't know the test score." Marvelous. Yeah. Um, I have no funny titles or um, no. I can imagine it's it's before anything else uh, or, or Amazon reviews this week. Yeah. It's a. Uh, this might end up being quite a short show. Yeah, quite possibly. Yeah. Um, well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Uh, there's plenty. I mean, like I said, I mentioned a couple more Hitchcock movies. In, Hitchcock's in a- got a massive back catalogue. Yeah, you could probably just work through them. I probably could. And I'll give you Donnie Yen movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know that. Um, I, I mean, Re- Rebecca and the Thirty Nine Steps are two of my favourite. Okay. Uh, I have Thirty Nine Steps. I don't have Rebecca. Yeah, I've got I've got both on DVD. Mm. So um, they're I've two also of my got favorites. North by Northwest, which I've never watched. Yeah, I love that one, the, one as well. One of the first DVDs I bought, and I've never got around really? to watching it. So it means I've had had it approximately 12 years wow and i've never got around to watching jesus and that's great i love again that that one really fuses thriller with 
surprising amounts of comedy mm-hmm. in certain stages of the film, mm-hmm. particularly in the beginning. But, you know, we'll cover all this when I pitch it to you, which sure. will no doubt be in the forthcoming weeks. Excellent. Awesome. Local hero. Yeah. From from the train. Oh, let's not even bother with a segue. Let's, <laughs> just, let's just do it. <laughs> okay. Let's local hero. Do you want to recap it? Yeah, I can do that. Um, an acquisitions executive from a large Texan oil company is sent along with a colleague from the Aberdeen office to buy a sleepy remote Scottish village. Uh, unfortunately, they haven't factored in the shrewd village accountant or the innate charms of the village itself. Mm-hmm. It's about right, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It's a pretty. Uh, it's from uh, 1983, written and directed by Bill Forsyth, who would then make Gregory's Girl. Yeah. And unfortunately, Gregory's Two Girls. Yeah. Um, and it's a, a low key, gently paced British comedy with some Americans in it. Yeah. One or two. Yeah. Burt Lancaster, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's it, really. Yeah. I don't know what else to say about <laughs> it. Um, I wasn't sure about this film. No? It was okay. Right. But I felt... it. For me, it felt like... Um, you know, like a Sunday, a Sunday evening TV show. Mm. Like Bally Kiss Angel... Right. Macbeth. Okay. It felt like that. It felt like two hours of that. So it was almost like the first ever episode where they've been given like <laughs> a, you know you're getting a double slot to, yeah. to you know even like the running gags with the with the, mm. the things. It, that's that's kind of how it felt. Mm. Um, so I was quite surprised that it was a full on feature film mm. in a way. It almost felt like a like an ITV or a BBC sort of. I don't know what they call them really. Are they, they're not dramas, are they? Yeah, they kind of are. Kind of are, but they're not. They're, they've got. They tend they to. They would be a bit advertise funnier. them as that, but yeah, yeah, they tend to be you know yeah, funnier it's gentle and gentle kind of stuff. Yeah, slapstick involving sheep and that kind of business. Yeah, there's a, there'll be a bumbling village idiot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, overall, it, you know, it was all right. It was it was sort of watchable. I didn't kind of really really get into it. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, my, most of my notes were just observations of what I was looking at on, okay. on the screen. <laughs> Um, just like the, like Arnold Schwarzenegger doing a DVD commentary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so my first one was the main dude looks like Lenny from The Simpsons. Yes, yes, he does. <laughs> oh well, when there's a live action Simpsons movie, maybe you'll get a call. Yeah, yeah. alongside uh, Rich Hall as Mo the bartender. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, I, I like that. Um, one one of my favourite things about it was the rabbit. Of course, because uh, I love rabbits. Yes, um, I wasn't happy with what happened to the rabbit. <laughs> the demise of the rabbit. Yeah, yeah. In fact, my note at that point was, "Poor bunny." I now hate everyone in this. <laughs> um, you should hate Dennis Lawson the most. Yeah, yeah. That's He's true, the one yeah. responsible for demise of rabbit. Yeah, um, but no, it's just kind of weird because like uh, um, the constant uh, jet aircraft, the RAF tornadoes going. Mm. above that that just reminded me of being on holiday in like uh, the Lake District or the mm-hmm. borderlands of Scotland or wherever mm. where you'd go for a walk in the hills and you would literally have two of those things fly about 150 feet above your head just yeah. straight past and you, you more than not you just throw yourself on the ground because the noise <laughs> is, is absolutely horrific um, generally you'd see them mm-hmm. like you'd be walking along and one would just whip over your head and then a few seconds later the noise would just go past you because they were going you know Faster than the speed of sound. Mm. Um, so this didn't bring back any lovely childhood memories for you. Well, no, no I mean, no, that, uh, not really. Um, I thought, I think, on the whole, my favourite character was Burt Lancaster. Yeah, just because he was—he was a bit—he kind of had the the interesting kind of oddness about him. I do love all the running gags with his therapist, yeah, just, try, he's just trying like, to get a rise out of him, like yeah. nuisance phone calls, and then when he appears at the window, <laughs> yeah. pasting very rude words. Yeah. On them. yeah. Yeah, um, but again, that you mentioned the score 
last week. Yeah. And it's very Mark Knopfler. Yeah. And there are definite strains of Princess Bride in there. Mm-hmm. But the main theme you mentioned at the end, mm. what else was that used on? It gets used on loads of stuff. Because uh, I think uh, it's probably been used on every Visit Scotland advert since 1983. Yeah, I mean, after I, mean, I was sitting there watching it and I just knew it. Yeah, I was just, I, I could hum it and it was like, and then I tried to find out what it was used on. We were like, mm-hmm. it must have been used as a theme tune for a TV show or something like that. Couldn't find out any information about where else it had been used, mm. apart from this film and apart from they play it live occasionally as part of Dire Straits. Right. And But yeah, that was really like, stumped me. <laughs> incredibly <laughs> annoying because it's like, I know that comes from somewhere. Um, what else you got? Just work through them. I've run out of notes. Um, I've covered a lot of it already. Oh, well. um, I'd like to see the Northern Lights. Yeah. Just as an aside, that's yeah. Uh, yeah, that that is something that I've always wanted to do, and I thought I'd like to do that. Uh, yeah, kind of reminded me that you can kind of you can go on trips to do it, but they're yeah. a bit unpredictable. Yeah, very much so. I, I went to Iceland, and that was offered as an option, and I picked the Blue Lagoon instead right. because I knew that was definitely going to be there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I know my my parents have been to I think it's Tromso, and they they, they my you know my dad sort of got some great photos mm-hmm. of them there. Um, and the last note I put is it, it wouldn't be an eighties movie without a Bell Jet Ranger. Um, which is the helicopter he has at the end, which is the heli- type of helicopter they use in every single 80s movie. Uh, <laughs> they must have made a fortune on those things. Mm. Um, but yeah, overall, it was kind of nice, and, like I say, nice and gentle, and it, but it felt like very much like a TV series, the opening mm. to a TV series, more than an actual feature film. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of... And maybe what, due to its low-budget Britishness. Yeah, probably, yeah. yeah. as well. Yeah. We'll, but, we'll blow half the budget by, by shooting stuff in the US. Yeah. And then... <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, everything it's quite, from there on is set in Scotland. It's quite a gentle movie, and it's not certainly not inoffensive in any way. Uh, there wasn't any. It's certainly not inoffensive in any way. Yeah, inoffensive in any way. It's not inoffensive in any way. Yeah, is that right? Do you mean it's not offensive in any way? Yeah, maybe. Okay, I'm just I'm confused. Today. Okay, good. Um, Drink some more of that stuff. Yeah, so uh, I think it, yeah, I think you know, if you, if you want just something really easy to watch, mm. is it's a pretty good pick. So yeah. lovely. Yeah. Gentle. Yeah. What are we going to do now? Who's going first? Um, You go first. Okay. This is going to be a very short pitch. Okay. Because, as happens quite a lot on this show, yeah. the less you know about this movie, the better. Okay. To the point where I'm going to give you a Blu-ray in a paper case because I don't want you reading the blurb on the back of the box. Right, okay. I don't want you to watch any trailers. Okay. Uh, I will say, uh, I will even say to the point that if uh, you haven't seen this film mm. within the next two weeks, don't listen to next week's show because the only way to talk about it is to absolutely ruin it. Oh, okay. Uh, we have to spoil it. Right. Other- otherwise, we end up talking about the first 10 minutes and that's about it. Right, okay. I'm going to tell you the title. Yeah. I'm going to tell you who's in it. Yeah. Uh, and I am going to tell you their roles. Okay. And that's about it. Okay, fair enough. Well, give, give me the title last. Okay. No. <laughs> on the theme of uh, Vanishing Ladies, yeah. you're getting The Disappearance of Alice Creed. Okay. Which was, it's a small, low-budget British film from two or three years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I actually filmed interviews at the premiere for that. I think I did something for it as well. Yeah. Um, I realised as I watched uh, as I watched the movie, I had seen clips from further on in the film earlier, and that made me angry. Right. I might know a bit more than I actually wanted right. to. Because I can't remember anything about Good. it. Good. Um Gemma Arterton is the victim. Mm-hmm. Martin Compton is the young kidnapper. Right. And Eddie Marsden is terrifying. 
Okay. They they are uh, the three leads. In yeah. fact, there are more extras than characters in this film. Right. And there are only four extras. Wow. Okay. Um, that's it. It's a kidnap thriller. That's all you need to know, and that's all I'm going to tell you. Okay. Fair enough. Shortest pitch of all time. I promise you. I can't. No, I'm no. Down my notes. I don't want to. No, I don't want to uh, tell you anything about it. I could tell you the budget, but that's about it. Fine. No, um, we'll leave anything it Anything else I think will give the game away. Yeah, sure. Okay. No, that's good. Um, I, like, I like it when it's like that sometimes. I watched this. Um, I will say, yeah, I watched this for the first time two or three days ago. Right. Because basically I was running out of time, something to you to pitch. I've yeah. had this on Blu-ray for a little while. Haven't got around to watching it. Watched it, gripped completely. Immediate. I knew it was immediately a, a movie really? for this show. Yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, cool. And I'll say again, people, if you haven't watched it, uh, um, by the time we do the next show in two weeks, then just don't bother listening until you've watched it. Skip yeah. over that show. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Um, I've got a few. An absolute classic. It, okay. This is one of those. How have you not seen? Okay. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm going to pitch you The Shining. I thought you might. Yeah. Because Mrs. Webb kind of gave the game I, I, away I, I on noticed, Twitter a few yeah. days ago. <laughs> yeah. Um. So The Shining, directed by Stanley Kubrick, starring. Jack Nicholson, Shelley Duvall, mm-hmm. a little boy called Danny Lloyd, and uh, Scatman Crothers, mm-hmm. also known as the voice of Jazz from the Transformers cartoons. And he was something to do with Scooby Doo as well, wasn't no, he? No, he was. Shaggy? Oh, or was he uh, Hong Kong Fui? I don't know. He did more. He did a whole load of cartoon he voices. Did, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so the basic premise is uh, Jack Torrance takes a job as a winter caretaker at the Overlook Hotel, uh, and uh, he wants to take care of the hotel, but also write a novel while he's there, get some peace and quiet. And he and his family have to endure not only the harsh weather conditions, but isolation and all of the strange goings on. Um, the reason I like this, and I will go and so far as to say it, this might actually be my favourite horror film. Mm-hmm. I'm not a massive fan of horror films, mm. really, as a genre. I mean, like some, but I think this is overall my favourite. And the reason I think it's this is because it co- encompasses several subgenres of horror in one. Mm-hmm. So it's got a, it's kind of got a slasher element to aspects of it. It's got uh, a supernatural element to aspects of it, and it's got a very psychological edge to it as well. Okay. Um, I know, I know bits. I know of it. I've seen yeah, clips. Yeah. I know that all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know all the. Every, You've no knows. doubt seen the, the Simpsons spoof of it. Of course. Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 So, uh, so um, much like Psycho. Yeah, I'm exactly. not going in completely, completely cold. cold. No. Yeah. Um, there is. There's a movie. There's a film coming out. I think it's playing at the London Film Festival. Room two thirty seven. It is room two thirty seven. Yes. Shot an interview for that recently. Right. Well, that. Um, that is going to be uh, that. That's a kind of a documentary about all of the uh, theories that people propone about the the how ma- to yeah the making read the of shining yeah. and how to punch mic cords yeah yeah how to look in how how deep you can look into this film from what I've heard I haven't seen it but I've spoken to people who have well, I've seen it, some of the, the theories are pretty like full oh, on yeah. and yeah, ridiculous some whacked out stuff. yeah yeah um, but I think there are there are some main themes that were in the book that Stephen King wrote and got translated to the movie. Um, now I heard now was it it might have been during that interview where uh, I'd heard like the book makes perfect sense and 
Stanley Kubrick took elements out so that his film wouldn't make sense. In a way, yes. There, there's a more... There's or, or, so it would be more of a mystery. Yeah, I, I, yeah. It's, it's kind of it's yeah, not yeah. polite to say it doesn't make sense, but so it would be more... Yeah, basically with this film, there are different... You've effectively got different options as to how you think of it mm. when you come out of it. Um, I've got certain things that I, I, I think about it, but other people can have other opinions and they're really mm-hmm. they both can be perfectly valid and there are bits that you can kind of go well okay i've just no idea why that's why that happens or what that is whether that's imagined or whether it's real or what mm-hmm. have you um but for me it just creeps me out <laughs> <laughs> like the whole film the, when my wife and i watched it for this she she said she just finds it really uncomfortable and unnerving to watch mm. Um, and it, it's just I mean Jack Nichols I might watch this in broad daylight with the curtains yeah, open then I mean there are bits of it I mean there are bits of it straight off the bat that are just a bit odd and weird and out of place but I think it, it as you get through it just the the uh, the creepiness kind of builds and Jack Nicholson is cr- absolutely creepy as he ever is and the little boy is as creepy as you can imagine. He was actually told that he was filming a family drama. Right. And he had no idea it was a horror film until he was 17 and was allowed to watch the entire film. <laughs> At the age of 13, they showed him uh, like a 45-minute version of the film mm. with all of the horror elements taken out. Right. Uh, um, so that, that he could see what he'd done. Right. Um, but yeah, but it wasn't until he was 17. And it's worth noting that he never acted again after this. And I don't think it was because of the making of the film. It's just I don't think he was that interested in doing it. Okay. You know, and and apparently Kubrick was very protective of him. Mm. So he wasn't... It was really just there's a documentary on the Blu-ray that I'm going to give you that was made by Kubrick's wife. Mm. And it's very revealing as to how the shoot went. Shelley Duvall, who plays the wife and mother... She look. I mean, in this film, by the time you start to reach the climax, she looks like she's on the verge of a nervous breakdown, mm. and she pretty much was because mm. Kubrick just was just horrible to her, mm. and he was deliberately so to make her like that. Mm. Um, the one bit of trivia I know about this film is he made um, ailing, unwell Scatman Crothers do about eighty-four takes of closing a car door. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, and I know that uh, Jack Nicholson had to kind of. He sort of kind of goes, you know, Stanley, we, 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 you know, he's eighty, whatever. We've got enough, I think, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, this is at probably the height of Kubrick's kind of well, mania. Sorry, yeah. I mean, they they just it's pretty much shot in sequence mm. as well, which meant that the entire, I mean, the entire hotel is a set at Elstree, mm. uh, with the exception of uh, the exterior front exterior shots. The Back in exterior shots are, are at a studio at Elstree mm-hmm. as well. Um, so they had all of the sets pre-lit, mm. ready to go at any one time. The big kind of room, the open hall room where he sits and does his typing, they, they lit it to look like daylight coming in through the windows, but mm. winter daylight at that. Right. So there was something like 700,000 watts of light like you know, to the point where the set caught fire. Jesus. Uh, thankfully, that happened and, after they finished using got it. A tan. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's um, it's just so huge, mm. that, and and kind of weird. And I, I just really like. It. I think I think I you know I think it's probably my favorite Kubrick film as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the only Kubrick film I've seen start to finish is Full Metal Jacket. Yeah, I, okay, that's okay. First half good, second half not so good. Yeah, I don't mind Full Metal Jacket. It's okay. I really like Two Thousand and One. 
um, because I like sci-fi. You're a big Clark fan, though. Aren't you? <clears throat> I am. I am a big Clark. Clark. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've seen Paths of Glory as well. That's not bad. Hmm. Um, but I'm 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 not a f- like I don't think uh, you know I don't love everything he does. Mm-hmm. Put it that way. Um, but yeah, so I think I'd be interested to see what you think of this. And uh, I know when because um, my wife only saw it for the first time maybe a year or so ago, hmm. two years ago, which I, th- I thought was also quite surprising. And I was a bit worried that having seen things like the Simpsons spoof and all of that kind of like clips here and like I mean the. There, there are going to be loads of references to that you're going to see from Spaced mm. um, and TV shows like that. Uh, so I was a bit worried that that would mar her experience of it, but it still just absolutely her creeps her out. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, I really hope you like it. I'll be. Um, I'm just intrigued. It's like one of those things. Is you should just see it. I probably should have. There's yeah, tons you know. of films I probably should have seen. Exactly, if I listed yeah. them here, we're going to get so much hate mail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, but yeah, like I said, it is a, a really, you know, you, you should see this movie whether you're going to like it or not. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, you know, it's one of those things that sometimes when we go into these these films, if I, if I really like it, I really want you to like it as well. Mm. But sometimes I think that just you having you seen it is going to be You just want me this. to experience yeah, exactly. this rather than yeah, like yeah. it. Okay. I'm sure there are going to be elements of it you're not going to like and there are yeah. going to be things that you'll find annoying or irritating. Mm or what have you but you know we can talk those through next well next time we do Indeed. the show okay plugs and thanks yeah we're on twitter at HYS podcast that's the easiest way to send us short missives about um, anything we talk about really yep. um, you can get us on facebook facebook.com slash have you seen podcast um, you can leave longer messages on there if you like uh, we have a blog have you seen.net not much happens with that, but it's a, a place to find uh, all the all the shows going back and some extra bits and bobs. Yeah, a few little videos and what have you. Yeah, we did some videos. We linked to some cool stuff yeah. occasionally. Yeah. Um, I think uh, once uh, we, we've kind of got a, a busy period at the moment, haven't we? Yeah. That, that hopefully... Once uh, we're over the hump, as they yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. I think we've probably got about a month's Although worth, really. Our boss keeps that. extending that hump. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's I, I, just plateauing. Yeah. Ho- hopefully from November onwards, we might be able to do, do a bit more video stuff. And yes. Have you. Yeah. Um, and if uh, if Twitter isn't enough for you, uh, you can send us an email, a mm-hmm. full-on email, uh, podcast at haveyouseen.net. Uh, we also accept audience submissions for pitches, yeah, absolutely. We'd yeah. love to get some. We've more done eyes. a couple. Yeah. Um, single side of A4 about why you think we should see this film. Yeah. And if we've already seen it, we'll tell you we've already seen it. Yeah. Uh, and if we haven't, we'll uh, we'll do it. Yeah, absolutely. That's e- it then. Yeah. Even if one of us has seen it, we we yeah. made it work like that before. So, oh, that's yeah. the plugs. I should do the thanks. Really. Yeah. Uh, thanks to Upbeat Productions for the use of this studio, which uh, now the sun has vanished from the British Isles, is cold. Um. But, but quite pleasantly so. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and thank you to Alexia Mum for his technical expertise. And he's never cold. He's always warm. That's because of the beard. Yeah. We'll be back in two weeks mm-hmm. with The Disappearance of Alice Creed and The Shining. Yeah. Um, That's going to be an intense week. It is. Yes, it is. Perhaps we should think of some fun films to do yes. for the pitches after that. Because okay. that's going to be quite intense. I shall try and think of light-hearted comedy. Right. So, so will I. Mm. (laughs) all right that's enough from us um enjoy the next fortnight and uh we'll see you soon goodbye goodbye